The Rangers got a massive start from John Gray when they needed it the most, but he left with an injury. How concerned should the Rangers be, and how happy should they be about their offense? We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including hosting and founding all five of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Please hit that subscribe button. We are on YouTube. We are hoping to get to 3,000 by the playoffs. It's going to be uh, need a, a really big week, and so we'd really appreciate all y'all watching out there hitting that subscribe button. Um, and the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below today is tuesday september 26th your rangers are 88 and 68 first place in the american american league west with a two and a half game lead over those stinking houston astros and the magic number to clench the al west is down to just four hmm absolutely beautiful by the way the rangers playoff odds there's six games left according to baseball reference they have a 98.3 percent chance to make the playoffs an 83.5 percent chance to win the al west and a 6.8 percent chance to win the world series now on fan graphs that's 98.8 percent chance to make the playoffs 87.2 percent chance to win the al west and an 8.3 percent chance to win the world series uh why did their world series odds go down on both these sides well unfortunately the astros won last night but that that's okay the rangers their path to path to clinching the al west fastest is the astros winning one game of this three game series in seattle and then losing the other two to the mariners if the rangers sweep the angels which they have done game one out of three then the rangers will clinch the al west on wednesday night and they don't have to worry at all about those final four games in seattle which wouldn't that be super nice? That would be really nice to not have to worry about those final games in Seattle. But the Rangers were a little worried in this game. It did not start off super well. John Gray did provide some very encouraging stuff in his game on Monday. Six innings of one-run ball, the only run coming off of a home run by catcher Logan Ohapi. I feel like we're going to say that quite a bit over the coming years. Ohapi is, is a great young catcher, and uh, one of the building blocks that the Angels should be happy about uh, that they have something on their team when Shohei Itani is going to leave them this offseason and maybe they end up trading my trap, but it, it, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about the greatness of John Gray. Seven innings of one-run ball, no walks, seven strikeouts. Yeah, seven strikeouts, and he looked on his freaking game. The slider was on point. The fastball command was on point. Everything looked like it was working for John Gray. He was at a low pitch count, just 81 pitches after six innings. He thought, okay, wow. The Rangers, the, the script they needed to follow is blow this team out, have John Gray pitch deep into this game so that the Rangers don't have to worry about their A bullpen not being available because Jose Leclerc probably wasn't available for this one. Eraldis Chapman probably wasn't available for this one. So Jonathan Hernandez was about the best option the Rangers had, and you didn't really want him coming in in a super close game. Even though I've been encouraged by what he's done, I thought, hmm, better not risk it. And the Rangers had a 5-1 lead when John Gray left this game. Um... Actually, no, it was not 5-1. It was a 4-1 lead when John Gray left this game in the eighth inning when somebody came in, or in the seventh inning when somebody came in. Um, 
it was Jonathan Hernandez, of course. And he was honestly pretty good. But John Gray left this game after 81 pitches because of right wrist soreness. He felt discomfort while he was warming up in the seventh. And the Rangers thought, eh, better not risk it. Better just to be safe rather than sorry. John Gray, thank you for the six innings of one-run ball. The bullpen could probably take it from here. And you know what? They did. Three innings of shutout baseball combined from Jonathan Hernandez and Andrew Heaney. Really nice stuff from them. But a little concerned about John Gray leaving this game. As I said before, the Rangers need the best version of John Gray. <clears throat> He's a pretty good middle-of-the-rotation pitcher. That That's what he is. He is, that's what the Rangers sign him to be. He is not an ace. He is probably not a number two. When he's on his game, he is as good as anybody, but he is not always on his game. He is uh, as Jekyll and Hyde as this team has been this season. But if the Rangers can get, you know, four good starts, maybe five, maybe, maybe six, they go to the World Series, but just, just three to four to maybe five good starts from John Gray down the stretch that is really honestly all they need he has had some stretches where he has been very good this year in the month of may he was absolutely fantastic with five starts of 195 era in 32 and a third innings he looked fantastic in those outings including seven innings of one run ball against the mariners in that stretch he had eight shutout innings against the a's in that stretch and seven innings of one run ball against baltimore on may 26 which might have been his best start of the season, if not for that St. Louis complete game, 12 strikeout, one run allowed, one nothing loss back on June 7th. But still, this is the John Gray that the Rangers were hoping for. The Rangers are just saying it's precautionary. They're not thinking that it's going to make him miss a start, which is really, really good news. The Rangers cannot afford him to miss. They can't afford just any more pitching injuries. I was deeply troubled when the Rangers pulled him out after six innings and it was clear that he had an injury thankfully it's just a wrist injury and you know I'm I'm still a little concerned honestly I, I just am I mean John Gray has been very important to this Rangers team and the Rangers are honestly probably really thankful for him to be healthy he's got 157 innings in 29 starts he's only missed a couple of starts and both those were just skip starts he's had no stints on the IL this year which is good he has been a guy who has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. And this year, the Rangers got really lucky by keeping John Gray healthy. He had two different times where he was struck with a line drive more than 110 miles an hour off the bat. He left both of those starts, and then when he came back, he wasn't quite as good. But he only had to skip one start after each of those, where both of those looked like it was either a broken arm or a broken leg. It looked like something was fractured, but nope. He just got bruised. He is apparently made of rubber. Thank the good Lord, because the Rangers could not deal with any more starting pitching injuries because they have suffered way too many with Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer and Nathan Eovaldi. I mean, they just, they can't suffer anymore. And the Rangers did get some good news on Max Scherzer. He took another step forward in his recovery. He says returning to the mound is something that's happening pretty soon. He suffered a terrorist major injury exactly two weeks ago. The Rangers expected that to end his season because initially he was expected to miss eight to 12 weeks, which if he missed eight weeks, that puts him back at November 7th at the earliest. And that's three days after the World Series Game 7. So uh, even if the Rangers do go to the World Series, uh, that that would not be on the table. That's why the Rangers said, it's 
likely done for the season. They're not, they didn't rule it out completely that he was done for the year, but he is healing well, and he has been incredibly durable throughout his career. I mean, it's honestly insane the level of durability this guy has had. I mean, last year he pitched 145 innings, and that was the first time he threw less than 170 innings outside of the COVID-shortened year um, in 2020. That was the first time he threw less than 170 innings since his rookie year back in 2008. That year, he came to the big leagues, pitched in 16 games, 56 innings. Then the next year, his first full year in the big leagues, 30 starts, 170 innings. And he threw thirty set, th- at least 30 starts in basically every year outside of 2022. 2019, he missed three starts, or missed, I think, five starts, 27 starts, and 170 and two-thirds, or 172 and a third innings. Like, the durability on this guy is absolutely insane. Which is why it's so mind-numbing and frustrating that the Rangers, of course, had to be the ones who suffered a Max Scherzer injury when they traded Ezekiel, or not Ezekiel, Luis Angel Acuna for Max Scherzer. But still, hopefully he can get back on the mound soon. Hopefully he can take the mound in the ALCS. The ALCS starts on October 15th. That would be about three weeks from now. So maybe... The Rangers could get some good news, could get some good injury news breaking their way. The Rangers could really, really use it. But if John Gray pitches like this and he's healthy, the Rangers don't need Max Scherzer as desperately as I thought they did, which is some really good news for them. Coming up, we're going to look at this offense, what it is doing right during this winning streak, why it is different than some of the wins they were having earlier this year, and the B-team bullpen stepping up in a huge way. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when the sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performance, which leads to better outcomes, like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. Thanks to the Avid for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Wednesday's show, I'll be breaking down what this Rangers playoff rotation should look like. The Rangers take on the Angels this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Texas Rangers team, they basically won one type of way in the beginning of the year. It was a lot of hit the crap out of the ball, hit the ball very, very well with runners in scoring position, score a bajillion runs, have decent starting pitching, and have zero stress on the bullpen. And during this winning streak, the Rangers have won in so many different ways. There have been a few just absolute blowouts, like that 15-run game against the Boston Red Sox. That's nice. It's nice to do that every once in a while, but it's it's not always viable. They're not always going to do that. They've They've won in so many different ways over the last four especially in ways that really, really encouraged me, especially the sweep over the Mariners. They had a game where they jumped out to a big league and lead and held on for dear life on Friday. They had a pitcher's duel where they played small ball and won 2 nothing on Saturday. That was great. And then they had an absolute slugfest back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on Sunday. 
that was a different kind of win and uh, more nerve-wracking than I, I would have appreciated. And then they had a win like this, where they were down quite a bit for most of the game. The offense wasn't doing much of anything, and the Rangers weren't hitting with runners in scoring position, just like they weren't on Sunday, where they just out-homered the Mariners, which was uh, a great, fun way to end. The Rangers basically just did that again tonight in this game, or last night in this game. They had four different home runs. The Rangers scored four runs on four solo shots and a wild pitch. They went over with runners in scoring position. Over six left eight runners on base, but it did not matter because the Rangers were able to get it done. This offense, one of the things they didn't do well was hitting a crap ton of home runs early on in the season, which I thought was kind of odd because they had so many good home run hitters. I mean, they weren't doing it at an elite, insane rate like the Braves, which, again, nobody's doing it like the Braves, and the Rays were doing it quite a bit early on in the season, and that was the one thing the Rangers weren't doing as well as the Rays is hitting a bunch of home runs, and that was one thing that I kind of complained about even when this offense was doing well is, is sometimes you need the long ball. You just, when you're not hitting like Barry Bonds with runners in scoring position, that's not sustainable. Eventually, you're going to need some solo shots, some big three-run shots, some... Um, wild pitches some doing the little things right in which the Rangers were doing a bunch of the little things small ball right um of just getting a bunch of singles and doubles and whatever and walks with bases loaded with runners in scoring position but they weren't hitting a crap ton of home runs and over this winning streak that has been the one thing that has been incredibly consistent now during this win streak here here's the home runs that have been hit first game Adoles Garcia home run next game Heim Garver Young Carter next game Seeger and Carter Next game, none. Then, the game after that, on Sunday, Simeon had two, Seager had one, Garcia had one, Tavares had one, Carter had one as well. Next game, Garcia, Garver, Lowe, Simeon. <laughs> Everybody in this lineup has homeward during this six-game winning streak. You've gotten three home runs from Marcus Simeon, three from Adoles Garcia, two from Seager, Garver, and Carter, and then one from Josh Young, Jonah Heim, Leo Tavares, and Nathaniel Lowe. Literally, every regular in this lineup has homered. Now, every regular in the right-handed versus right-handed lineup, not versus the lefty lineup, which the Rangers did make a pretty big change in their lineup. Nathaniel Lowe hit seventh in this one. The first time he has hit seventh this season, he has only had two different games where he has hit sixth in the order, had a couple where he hit fourth, and then eight where he hit fifth. But the rest of the 142 games that he has played, he has been hitting third. And I think there have been some real questions about Nathaniel Lowe this year, offensively, not defensively. I mean, he is having a fantastic season in terms of on base. He is has one of the highest on base percentages in the league at 365, which is great. An OPS of 787, an OPS plus of 114. Like, it's all fine. He's got 38 doubles, but it's just not the power that we were used to seeing from Nathaniel Lowe last year. I feel like he is just due to go on an absolute heater. He's only had one month where he really just went off this year. He had four home runs in the month of July in 24 games, a 1,001 OPS. He's only had one other month where he had an OPS above 800, and that was in June when it was at 802. So, there hasn't been that huge surge in the second half like we saw from Nathaniel Lowe when he was doing this in July. I thought, okay, here comes second half Nathaniel Lowe. Then here comes August. He only has 
three home runs and a 776 OPS. And then the month of September, he's got 23 games under his belt, 101 plate appearances, and just a 556 OPS. That is just not going to get it done in the playoffs for your number three hitter. It's just not. And Nathaniel Lowe really needs to go on a heater these last couple of games. I mean, he just needs to get hot because, I mean... With how great Corey Seager is, you need someone behind him that can protect him. You just do. I think Nathaniel Lowe is that. Um, but, I mean, the joy that he felt, the joy that you could see on his face when he hit that home run, the back-to-back-to-back home runs, not just back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back. What a freaking lineup of doing it in all kinds of different ways. I love watching this team absolutely mash home runs. It is just absolutely joyous and i don't know there's something there's something special about just hitting one off the foul pool like mitch garver did his 19th home run of the season i mean this lineup is just chock full of guys who can absolutely mash it they're just on the verge of having a bunch of different guys with 20 home runs jonah heim has 18 nathaniel Lowe now has 17 on the season mitch garver is one away from 20 um it looked like leo Tavares might get to 20 um or ezekiel duran but it unless Leone hits seven in his next six games or Duran gets in the lineup and hits six in the next six games, or if Robbie Grossman hits 10, um, the Rangers are probably just going to have Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Josh Young, and Adolis Garcia. Maybe Mitch Garver needs one more. I think he'll probably end up getting it, but multi-homer game from Jonah Heim would be huge to get him to 20, be the first Rangers catcher with 20 home runs since, I believe it's it's been since Robinson Chirinos. It's, it's been a long time since the Rangers have had a catcher hit 20 bombs. It looked like he was going to do it last year, but then he just historically tailed off in the back half. He had six weeks of, or a couple weeks due to injury lost this year. Um, he wasn't hitting for power the first couple of games when he came back, but he is now, so maybe he'll end up getting there. I, I feel confident that he'll get there next year, the very latest, like, Surely he is going to get there eventually because he has got some big boy pop and this lineup has some big boy pop. They are doing everything right. This is the best offense in the American League. Coming up, we're going to look at why and a little bit of news down on the farm for the AAA Round Rock Express. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and use one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians. We'll review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers related to treatment at questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Thursday's show. I'll be doing a crossover with the boys at Locked On Angels to talk about this series. Rangers take on the Angels this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Rangers offense is one of the best in all of baseball. Unfortunately, I can't say it's the best because the Atlanta Braves are just doing some historic and ridiculous things on offense. But in the American League... The Rangers have the best offense. There is a team Silver Slugger Award that is being awarded this year. And apparently, 
it is being voted on by the fans, which is confusing. I don't know why the fans are the ones who are deciding this, because if they are, then they need to vote for the Texas Rangers. And it kind of makes me respect the award a little bit less. I mean, a lot of times all-star voting can get it wrong. Obviously, they didn't this year with six Rangers all-stars that are all very deserving. But I mean, this year... if the Rangers don't win it, then they should probably just abolish the team award because voting is flawed and rigged and stupid because the Rangers look at basically every category and the Rangers are leading it. If you want to look at OPS in the American League, the Rangers are number one. You want to look at slugging percentage. Oh, guess what? It's the Rangers number one. You want to look at on base percentage. Oh, guess what? It's the Rangers number one. You look at old school batting average Rangers number one. You want to look at home runs. Oh yeah. The Rangers are number one there. You want to look at doubles. Well, the Rangers are second behind the Red Sox, so uh, maybe this offense is actually fragile. You want to look at triples? Uh, actually, the Rangers are uh, all the way down there at uh, 22nd, the majors in triples with just 17. So uh, actually, maybe this offense isn't that good. You want to look at stolen bases? Well, stolen bases don't have anything to do with it. But no, look at the three major categories in slash lines in terms of home runs, in terms of just extra base hits. Uh, the Rangers are just running away with it, honestly. They're just absolutely incredible. The team OPS this year, is 797. 797. Whereas last year, the Raiders' OPS leader was Nathaniel Lowe at 851, which is pretty good. It was a great season for Nathaniel Lowe. But we look at the next closest among regulars, and it's Corey Seager at 772. That is 23 points lower than the Rangers' OPS as a team this year. The amount of improvement from Everybody in this lineup is absolutely exceptional. Just straight up exceptional. I mean, last year, Marcus Simeon's OPS was 733. This year, it is all the way up to 826, nearly a 100-point boost. This year, Jonah Himes got an OPS of 765, which is down a little bit from where it was. But last year, it was 697, so still a massive, massive boost for him. Corey Seager's OPS last year was, like I said, 772. And he's jumped up all the way to 1,033. Pretty big OPS jump from him. Young is at 797. Unfortunately, he is down below the uh, 800 mark. I think he'll get it back up there by the end of the year. But last year, his OPS was 654. It's just around the board. Oh, and Adolis Garcia last year was at 756 with his OPS. And this year, he has jumped all the way up to 831. An 80-ish point jump. Like, just massive oh and by the way mitch garver's up to 906 with his ops so it's just literally across the board everybody getting significantly better including leody Tavares, and just the depth literally one through nine of this lineup and having a righty versus lefty lineup and having guys who mash in those um in those specific ways and having evan carter come up and be absolutely astoundingly good and having robbie grossman you know have this second half that he's had i mean he's been Getting his OPS plus to above league average is just barely there at 101, but it is still above league average. And having that many hitters in your lineup that are above league average in OPS, you've got Jonah Heim, Lowe, Simeon, Seeger, Young, Tavares, Adolis, Garcia, Duran, Grossman, Evan Carter. Uh, you also have Sam Huff, who is also above league average. I mean, it's just basically everybody that this lineup is employing regularly is an above average hitter and that is what gets you through the rounds of the playoffs if you have a shaky pitching staff that is what can get you deep into the postseason now 
postseason pitching is really good, but this Rangers offense is doing it against the best pitching in baseball. They did it against the Mariners. They clobbered the Mariners, who have one of the best pitching staffs, if not, no, they have the best pitching staff in all of baseball, and the Rangers were able to club them in this series this past weekend. Maybe they'll be able to do it again in Seattle. Not entirely sure, but the, the two series the Rangers have had in Arlington against the Mariners, they have just bludgeoned them to death. And that is what you want to see from this offense. That is what gives you confidence of them being able to do it in different ways with the long ball, with patience, working walks, trusting the next guy up to step up in a big way. And for the most part, that next guy has taken that baton and use it to hit a dinger or a clutch RBI single, or he has taken a walk and pass it on to the next guy. Because that's what this offense does. That is why it is so good. That is why it is such a great sign for this team moving forward. Another great sign for this team moving forward is Jonathan Hernandez with a pair back-to-back shutout outings. Fantastic stuff from him. One and two-thirds innings for him. Two strikeouts, three hits allowed, no walks. Andrew Heaney comes on and cleans up the rest of his inning, gets an inning and a third of scoreless baseball with no base runners at all, no strikeouts, but he did the job. This is the Rangers' B-tier bullpen, which they're not going to have much use of their A-tier bullpen. Maybe they'll they'll have use of it in this Tuesday bullpen game where Cody Bradford is going to be starting. Um, we'll see how long a leash Cody Bradford gets. Um, hopefully it's pretty long. Hopefully he does pretty well. But um, yeah, not exactly sure how many innings he is going to be able to eat and uh, what, what it's going to look like. But the Rangers getting... Good performances from Jonathan Hernandez in multiple outings recently. It looks like his confidence is back. Not walking anybody is great. It's It takes a while to get your command back after Tommy John surgery, and it's taken Jonathan Hernandez a long, long time. But the stuff is still there. He's still throwing 97, 98, 99 mile-an-hour sinkers that have got some nasty ride on them. The slider got seven swings and misses last night. That was, or uh, excuse me, nine swings uh, yeah, yeah it was seven swings six swings miss good lord um and three called strikes with that slider of 16 pitches thrown last night getting him good getting him confident in these games is huge huge for the rangers i mean every extra reliever you have that is trustworthy is just absolutely massive for this team they need every single reliever to have confidence they need every single you know uptick from everybody it's looking at the the rangers bullpen tree of trust i think jose leclerc and uh in the right spot Rolls chapman both those guys are in my very much trust range um stratton is is in my mostly trust burke is is getting back into that tree of trust as is jonathan hernandez and um if they could, we'll see if they throw out Will Smith in this game. He might get an inning. And, um, I mean, we know the Will Smith experience. I don't know how much I trust it in the playoffs. Um, but he's been there before. He's had hot streaks against good offenses where he has looked very, very good. And he is not going to lose his, his mojo. His stuff is just going to be lit up. That is what's going to happen to Will Smith if things go off the rails. But I'm trusting more and more people in this bullpen, which is a good, good sign for the Rangers. And moving forward, they need every bit of good bullpen that they can get because, um, 
you know, the Astros are unfortunately staying hot on their tail. Last night, the Astros took down the Mariners, which is incredibly frustrating for the Rangers. But hey, best case scenario is that the Mariners come back and win these final two games in Seattle against the Astros. That would be ideal because if the Rangers sweep, then that means that the Rangers will have won the AL West on Wednesday. It would be absolutely glorious, beautiful, and brilliant. But We'll see if that's the case or if the Rangers need to win one or two or three games against the Mariners this weekend. Um, hopefully be fewer and fewer because I would like the Astros to miss the playoffs. I would also like the Mariners to miss the playoffs, but unfortunately both of them are not going to be able to miss the playoffs, mainly because I don't want to see the Astros in a postseason series. I, I just don't. I know the Astros have fallen on their faces the last couple of weeks, but it just feels like that team has the Rangers number. And if the Rangers have to see them in the first round, which that's what would happen unless Toronto falls on their face and somehow Houston gets up to the second wild card, which if the Astros do make the playoffs, um, which I'm hoping they don't again, I would hope that they would go to the other side of the bracket where the Rangers wouldn't have to say, see them until the ALCS. If they even get there, if the Rangers even get there, because uh, yeah, again, I don't want to see them. I don't really particularly want to see the Mariners because the Rangers have done such a good job having their number. Uh, it feels like, it would be like time. It would just they would just be overdue for some losses to the Mariners um, because it's just really hard to beat the same team over and over and over again. Which is why I'm not as worried if the Rangers face the Twins because the Rangers have already gotten all their bad baseball against the Twins out of their system. Hopefully, and uh, that might be a more favorable matchup. But there is one thing that I wanted to touch on before we go. Congratulations to Round Rock. They have made the playoffs with the best record in franchise history. 89 wins, the most that Round Rock has ever had. Shout out to the AAA Round Rock Express. Tonight, they start a series, a three-game series against the Dodgers. If they win, it'll be a one-game playoff with the International League champ for the AAA National Championship. Um, shout out to those guys for having a really, really great season. A lot of really great seasons from some guys who are maybe quad a guys but um you know they are on the verge of the big leagues and i think that there there are some future big leaguers in there blaine krem had a great season with an 891 ops in 133 games sandra fabian had a great season justin foscu had a really good season um mitch garver um contributed to a pretty good season in there as well but sam huff 17 homers and also shout out davis wenzel for 30 homers this year at 838 ops the on base was at 361 which is pretty good had uh 19 doubles as well 77 walks um first guy to have 30 homers for a round rock express team since i believe it was 2000 and it's been a while but kyle tucker um was the last one to do it back when they were a astros affiliate which uh, was a huge bummer for everyone involved no one no one wanted that round rock express needed to go back to the texas rangers and they did and wyatt langford his season is done his regular season is done i should say he's going to keep playing in the playoffs uh for round rock and then maybe we'll see him on the rangers playoff roster maybe that's a possibility but either way he played 44 games in the minor leagues this year since being drafted exactly 200 plate appearances and in that span over four different levels, started the Arizona Complex League, then went to Hickory, then went to Fresco, then went to Round Rock, and in those 200 plate appearances, he's got a slash line of 360, 480, 677, 36 walks to 34 strikeouts, 10 home runs, 2 triples, 17 doubles, just absolutely outstanding. Oh, and 12 stolen bases just three times caught stealing. I mean... 
you literally could not ask for a more perfect debut than what Wyatt Langford gave the Texas Rangers. Just absolutely fantastic stuff for him. You love to see it. The Rangers love to see it. And maybe they'll love to see his bat in the playoffs for the Texas Rangers. I don't know. It is still up in the air for me. If the Rangers do it, I say fine, because I think he's probably one of their best, you know, 10, 15 hitters in the organization right now. Like, I, I really just think he is that incredibly good. Plus, using, using his base, his uh, speed on the base paths, taking over uh, Travis Jankowski's spot on the 40-man, I think that might end up being the move. Um, which would be tough because having Jankowski come in there, I mean, the thing that I like about this Rangers lineup right now as constructed is that against righties with Evan Carter out there in left field as opposed to Robbie Grossman, you don't have to make any defensive changes because everyone out there is pretty much the best version of defense that you can get. If you want to upgrade Jankowski for Carter in left field, you can, but I don't think it's that big of a difference. But having Evan or having White Langford's bat on the bench in the playoffs, I think would be a big weapon for the Rangers. If they don't want to push it, they don't want to be too aggressive with that rookie. They don't think he's quite ready yet. I think that's fine, but I think he will be challenging for a roster spot in spring training next year, which is incredibly exciting. And no matter what happens in the playoffs, fantastic first season for Wyatt Langford. Really, really incredibly exciting stuff for him and the entire AAA Round Rock Express. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.